This is TechCrunch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is sponsored by Harvard Business School Executive Education. Fintech is revolutionizing finance. Join executives and disruptors at Harvard Business School's new program, Leveraging Fintech Innovation to Grow and Compete. Learn more at hbs.me slash fintech. Pinterest and Lyft move closer to IPO, and LPs question the Vision Fund's investment strategy. By Alex Wilhelm. Hello and welcome back to Equity, TechCrunch's venture capital-focused podcast, where we unpack the numbers behind the headlines. What a week. It had looked a bit quiet with just a few big rounds to cover. I was looking forward to a relaxed episode, frankly. But no, as Kate and I were prepping the show notes, the news gods opened the heavens and dropped a 50 weight of mana right on our heads. It was a lot of news. In quick order... Here's what we tried to run through while keeping it brief. Pinterest has filed to go public, albeit privately. At long last, Pinterest's IPO is underway. The social company is gunning for liquidity this year, could go public in June, and is not targeting a down IPO. It's looking like $12 billion and up for Big Pint. Lyft's IPO is racing along. Lyft filed to go public back in December, dropping private filings neck-and-neck with Uber. The two ride-hailing companies are both slated to get out this year, but it seems that Lyft is going to lead the way. Even more, it's tipped to get out at a $20 billion to $25 billion valuation. As grounding, here's the best math I could come up with concerning those numbers. I couldn't recall where that valuation fit compared to Lyft's preceding valuations, and honestly, what its most recently known revenue figures were. My brain is an uber-mush. So, let's quickly recall what we knew, and stack those data points next to Lyft's expected price tag. Let's rewind the clock to 2017. Reported in early 2018, Lyft detailed some of its financial performance. According to contemporaneous coverage from CNBC... Ride-hailing company Lyft says it booked over $1 billion in GAAP revenue for 2017 and showed revenue growth of 168% in Q4 versus the prior year's quarter. That's a useful set of metrics as it includes an absolute revenue result and a growth pace. A quick note on what the statement means, however. In corporate accounting, GAAP, an acronym means No Bullshit. So when we see GAAP revenue, in the case of this Lyft metric, we can assume that the $1 billion revenue result is something near to what the company could report in an IPO filing. It's not polluted with stuff that won't eventually count as revenue. From that 2017 result, we can turn to what Lyft did in 2018. For more detail on Lyft's performance during the first half of 2018, 
Well, here's a quick, short version. Lyft's revenue grew from $412 million in the first half of 2017 to $909 million in the first half of 2018. That's a growth rate of over 120%. However, the growth and larger revenue base cost Lyft. The ride-hailing unicorn lost $255 million in the first half of 2017. Precisely what this metric counts isn't clear, so treat it as a more directional than definitive. And $373 million in the first half of 2018. We don't have an H2 2018 lift revenue result, sadly. But we can make up our own by using different growth rates. The resulting figure will let us see what sort of revenue multiple the ride-hailing company could enjoy at valuations of $20 and $25 billion. Presuming that Lyft grew its H2 2018 revenue by, say, 30% from its H1 2018 total, would give the company about $2.1 billion in revenue. At a $20 billion valuation, the company is worth just under 10 times its 2018 revenue haul. At $25 billion, the figure rises to a multiple of just under 12. For fun, push up Lyft's growth pace boosting its H2 2018 revenue, as far as you think fair, and see what the change does to the implied revenue multiple range that Lyft could enjoy in 2019. At 40% H1 2018 to H2 2018 growth, for example, Lyft's full-year revenue reaches nearly $2.2 billion. Its revenue multiples at 20 and $25 billion slip to 9.2 and 11.5, at 50%, they fall to 8.8x and 11x flat. Are those rich, neutral, or stingy revenue multiples? Well, let's ask Uber. Uber's fourth quarter financial results recently came out. But what we want more than a quarter's view is a full-year tally. So we'll have to go to TechCrunch. Compared to the entire fiscal year of 2017, Uber's gross bookings increased 45% to $50 billion in 2018. That resulted in a GAAP revenue increase of 43%, from 2017 to $11.3 billion. Losses also improved, decreased, from $2.2 billion in adjusted EBITDA losses in 2017 to $1.8 billion in 2018. The figure we care about the most is the $11.3 billion figure. Recall that Uber's rumored IPO valuation is $120 billion. When we last compared Uber's results to the price tag, we didn't have its fourth quarter results. We do now. At a valuation of $120 billion, Uber is worth about 10.6 times its 2018 revenue tally. That's right in the same range as what Lyft is reportedly aiming for. However, Uber is growing more slowly than its smaller rival in percentage terms, this is when scale becomes an effective incumbency tack in side-by-side -side percentage growth comparisons. If Uber can command a similar revenue multiple despite larger losses, in gross terms, we'll have a better idea of relative performance when we have both S1s, and slower growth implied via recent performance. Again, we'll see. Will be interesting. Certainly, Uber has more of a global story to tell. Lyft, in contrast, has a domestic tale alone. Summing for those of us who got bored, Lyft's reported target IPO valuations seem pretty in line with what Uber is expecting for itself. How effective each company will be at convincing investors that it's the special one of the two isn't clear, but they are seemingly close in terms of targets for now. 
With lift just over the horizon, get hyped. We're finally going to get some gosh-darn decacorn liquidity. Dropbox wasn't worth $10 million when it went public, so its IPO doesn't count. And that's exciting. More when we get our mitts on the S1. DoorDash gets $400 million more. The rumored DoorDash round has landed, though it's shaped a bit differently than we expected. DoorDash did not raise $500 million at a $6 billion valuation. It instead picked up $100 million less, but at a stronger $7.1 billion valuation. And of course, the Vision Fund was involved. More Vision Fund largesse lands on Clutter and Flexport. What's a week with just one Vision Fund round? A waste, of course. So here are two more. Clutter picked up $200 million, while Flexport raised a much more impressive $1 billion. There's plenty of speculation right now around apparently disgruntled investors in SoftBank's Vision Fund, but the drum continues to beat and the checks continue to be written. The latest deal for the $100 billion mega fund is Clutter, an on-demand storage company that pulled in $200 million in new financing for growth. Eagle-eyed viewers will recall that TechCrunch broke news of an impending SoftBank-led round of that size back in January, and now it is official. The startup is one of a number of companies that provide storage options for consumers who don't want to part with items but equally don't have the capacity to keep it where they live. The service is based around an app that is used to summon clutter staff to pack up, take away, store, and later return possessions. But it can also be used for regular house moving, too. Competitors in the space include MakeSpace, Omni, Trove, Livable, and Closetbox. Joining SoftBank in the deal are existing clutter investors Sequoia, Atomico, GV, Fifth Wall, and Four Rivers, which fronted the company's last round, a $64 million raise nearly two years ago. This new capital means that Clutter has raised $297 million from investors to date. There's no confirmation of a valuation for the startup, but our well-placed sources previously told us that this round would value Clutter at between $400 million and $500 million. One thing that is confirmed, however, is that SoftBank's Justin Wilson will join the board. The money will go toward expansion in the U.S., as Clutter explained in an announcement, but there are hints that it harbors overseas ambitions, too. The funding will accelerate the company's expansion into new markets in 2019, including Philadelphia, Portland, and Sacramento. It's also doubling down in its existing markets in the greater areas of New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Seattle, San Diego, Orange County, and northern New Jersey, as it marches toward a goal of operating in America's largest 50 cities and expanding internationally. We believe that storage is a vast and traditional market with huge potential for disruption, and Clutter's technology and superior customer proposition will help facilitate future growth in expanding urban communities where space is at a premium, said SoftBank's Wilson in a statement. Flexport, then, a five-and-a-half-year-old San Francisco-based full-service air and ocean freight forwarder, says it has raised $1 billion in fresh funding led by the SoftBank Vision Fund. Earlier backers of the company, including Founders Fund, DST Global, Cherubic Ventures, Susa Ventures, and SF Express, all participated in the round, which reportedly pegs the company's post-money valuation at $3.2 billion. According to Forbes, which broke the news, Flexport generated revenue of $471 million last year, 
up from $224.8 million in 2017, thanks in part to some customers who the company says spend more than $10 million a year at Flexport for its help in managing their supply chains. The company is apparently moving so fast, it hasn't had a chance to update its marketing materials. CEO Ryan Peterson tells Forbes the company now employs 1,066 people across 11 offices and four warehouses around the world. Its site states it has 600 employees. Axios reported last week that Flexport was in talks to raise money in a deal led by SoftBank that would value the company in the $3 billion range. It had previously raised $305 million across five rounds, including most recently in April 2018, according to Crunchbase. Flexport competes with numerous other freight-forwarding online marketplaces that are focused on price comparison, as well as helping their clients book and track shipments. But its goal, seemingly, is to compete more directly with heavyweights like DHL, FedEx, and UPS. In late 2017, it said it was beginning to charter its own aircraft. Peterson tells Forbes that Flexport now has four warehouses around the world, too. And so you can see, the two companies are now going to have more money to use than they have ever had before. Let's hope that that goes well. Speaking of which, what about those valuations? Two quick things to wrap up here. First, discontent among Vision Fund investors. The Vision Fund's LPs, the sources of its capital, aren't perfectly happy with some of its choices. That, and what happened to people not taking blood money... We ask that again, probably shouting into the wind while we do so. As it turns out, Silicon Valley capitalism isn't a new man. A new man being a utopian concept that involves the creation of a new ideal human being or citizen replacing unideal human beings or citizens. The meaning of a new man has widely varied, and various alternatives have been suggested by a variety of religions and political ideologies. And so it's just the same old capitalism in a sweater vest. All that, and it was good to be back. Chat you all in a week's time. Equity drops every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific time, so subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Downcast, and all the casts. To hear everything you need to know about the week's top stories in tech from the people who wrote them, check out the TechCrunch podcast, hosted by me, TechCrunch Managing Editor Daryl Etherington. Each week, we go in-depth on two or three of the week's top stories from in and around the startup ecosystem, and I'll be joined by the TechCrunch experts who covered them. They tell us why the news is so important and what they think matters most to you, our listeners, whether you're just interested in tech or that's where you make your living. New episodes drop every Saturday morning, so be sure to subscribe to the TechCrunch podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.